We've got both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. What up, Ashley Simpson, right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Take a peek into the lives of the Simpson sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo, and today we are back to the Ashley Simpson show. We are going to be reviewing the episode "Ashley Performs Live," and I have a very special first-time guest. He is one half of the awesome pop music podcast, "Right Back At Ya." Everybody, please welcome Joel. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you for being here. I cannot wait to talk to you, especially because you call yourself the UK's Ashley Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Starting off here, are we? Um, well, look, I think especially in this era that we're going to talk about today, like right in this episode where she is, I think a lot of younger siblings that are trying to do their own thing and have these wonderful older siblings that we're so blessed to have, but they're so fantastic in their own right. We feel like we live in the shadow a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my, my, uh, my, my gorgeous sister, uh, Kylie is a, is an actress and she was on a soap here um, for a little bit and doing fantastic things. So I just tried to own it as, my thing like well I'm the UK's Ashley Simpson you know wow that's so funny so you actually did have a sister in the limelight so you really can relate to Ashley huh I can but she deserves all the limelight much like (laughs) Jessica does but you know me and Ashley do as well (laughs) right but it's you know it's complicated and she explains some of that in this episode were you sitting there like screaming the lyrics to shadow in your bedroom in the bedroom in the shower in the (laughs) living room you know I think it was obviously we you know 20 years on now nearly we see it in a different way but I think for me as like 13 14 when it came out I was like wow um I just relate to this song so much you know it's the first song that I really got so loved it. it I made it my own I love that. So before we get too much more into the girls here, do you want to just explain to my listeners what your podcast is all about? Absolutely. So I co-host Right Back At You, the 2000s pop music podcast, where me and my co-host David, we have lots of fun taking pop music seriously. So much like what you're doing here, we are here to celebrate and spread the good word of 
what is my favorite era of pop music and give it you know the like we'll have lots of fun with it but we we you know nothing is a novelty hit to us we're we're here to really like spread the good word about it and I feel it's a very underappreciated era of music. Times are changing now that like the pure Y2K nostalgia is really getting into the mainstream. Uh, but we just love to have fun and spreading the good word of such an important era of music in all our lives. That's amazing. I have the same philosophy. Like, yes, a lot of it is shallow or fun or silly, but at the same time, it meant the world to me as a kid. And I think maybe some adults in my life made some comments like oh you know whatever you'll get over that and I still have not so (laughs) exactly the same I mean I was even joking to David about this the other day and I'll say it to my mum and my sisters I'm like do you remember when you'd spend the last 20 years basically saying what you're gonna do when you grow out of this and it's like no you know making a podcast now and like having so much fun with it and luckily now like the times is it's all about just being who you are and owning it so so happy that the water has sort of changed and then once you become an adult everyone loves it anyway and no one's hopefully no one's trying to make you be something that you're not or grow out of it so yeah just never grow out of it guys (laughs) no there's no need why (laughs) exactly I just wish I still had all the my walls used to be covered head to toe of posters magazine clippings I wish I still had it all oh I know me too I saved such a small amount of it and it's in my parents attic so I need to go dig that out you guys did in October an episode on Jessica Simpson and you covered sweet kisses and irresistible what are your thoughts about Jessica from that first era of her coming out underrated yeah one word underrated I I love both these sisters so much. Like they've had such a place in my heart since their release, basically. Um, but especially the first era of Jessica, the first two albums, they're so special to me. I mean, I call Jessica, Mandy, Christina, Brittany, the other Fab Four. You mm-hmm. know, you've got the Beatles, but then there's these girls. And to me, they are, they're the Fab Four, but for the greater world, I'll call them the other Fab Four. And there was just, it was such an exciting time of pop music. And it's still exciting for me to go back now 20 years on and just like the sugary sweetness, it's so pure, it's so fun. And it's like so expensive, such grade A production. And yeah, everyone's finding their feet, but it's absolutely fantastic and just bops for days, you know? Yes. And oh, I hear you on that production. I miss that big budget pop stuff. <sighs> Absolutely. I mean, Sweet Kisses, like, it's just, you got so much light and shade. I love that first album era, Jessica. Like, her voice is incredible. And I love, like, we've got the big ballads. And I'm not normally a ballad kind of guy, but Jessica's got some fantastic ballads. And then you've got, like, this pure sugary sweet up tempo of um, I've Got My Eyes On You, and which is such a banger, like, could have been a single. And yeah, just, oh, fantastic. I totally agree about I've Got My Eyes on You. And my listeners are going to laugh because I bring this up all the time. But have you seen Jessica's performance from the Disney concert special of this song? You better believe I have. Stunning. Live vocals, routine. (laughs) Love to see it. I know it's so good because we know how at the time she really wasn't crazy about the image that they were pushing on her, which got, you know, even more intense with Irresistible, but you would never know because she is selling it. 
she is selling it. And look, there's no, I don't want to take the next six hours because I could go on and on. But I think in depth a lot of, and I don't know how, you know, you're more of an expert than me. So I see it as they were trying to bill her in the first album as kind of a teen Mariah, a teen Celine. But then it did get sort of a Britney infusion along the way because, you know, or even maybe not Britney, but like Backstreet Boys, all that was kicking off. So it did get quite an infusion in it, but I just wish they'd continued with that lovely mix that we saw on the first album. And don't get me wrong, I love Irresistible. I think it is a fantastic pop album. Irresistible is one of the best songs of all times, not even just one of Jessica's best songs, one of the best 2000s pop songs of all time. But I wish they'd continued that sort of teen Mariah Celine with maybe a bit more fun. Oh, I completely agree. In your episode, you were saying how I think I'm in love is one of your favorites and oh. how I know me too. Me too. I am obsessed with that song to this day. I think it's so, so brilliant, but I totally agree that it's more of a Mariah feel on the first album. And then on the second album, it just feels like they pushed uber sexy Britney, you know, leather, <laughs> the tan, like the whole it's almost like they were like, okay, play a pop star in a movie, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right, because I think I'm in love is kind of, is exactly like when Mariah will do fantasy or something like that. And don't get me wrong, irresistible, fantastic. And I will go on record to say, I mean, I have several times, but when she came out with irresistible and she had the brown hair and the blonde highlights, I still think it's the best hairstyle of all time. Oh, she looked gorgeous. I want to know... Do you think she should have released I Think I'm In Love as the first single or do you think I Want to Love You Forever was it was good to start off with a ballad? I think that it was good to start off with a ballad because none of the other girls started off with a ballad. Mm. So it was like, let's differentiate. And she also does have, I mean, Christina obviously has an incredible, very singular voice, but Jessica has more of the like classic romantic ballad voice whereas christina's is a little edgier so i think that it was good to introduce her like that because it did differentiate her a little bit you know you've got like four american skinny blonde haired girls so it's like let's do something a little different but i do think that even though i know they were trying to push like oh look at this nick and jessica romance i think that i think i'm in love definitely should have been the second single oh gosh absolutely or at least a double a side you know i mean do you get many double a sides in america is that really a thing or was it a thing then i believe they're called b sides here yeah so i think it's a sh i mean it's obviously when a when a movie soundtrack comes calling we take the opportunity because we always joke jerry hallowell called it's raining men for bridget jones a gift so whenever <laughs> there's a soundtrack moment we go you know it was a gift um so you know it is a big budget it's more exposure and i guess they thought the press would work but yeah it's a shame we didn't get like sort of we let the first single pop off this big gorgeous ballad we give you a bit of light and shade up tempo i think i'm in love out straight away but it is what it is and it all you know it all it all worked out for the best did you i want to know did you think because this first album era of jessica was kind of underloved in the uk i actually didn't even really know about her until newlyweds but then i went back and got absolutely obsessed um do you think in america we know she had these britney comparisons but pop culture wise, did they, it would have made more sense for them to compare to Christina instantly, but it feels like that didn't happen. But 
please correct me if I'm wrong. No, it didn't really happen, but also because Christina wasn't even Christina. Like, mm. Christina was uh, also a Britney clone. And I, I felt like it took – I mean, she wasn't, but that's what they were trying to make yeah. her out to be. And I feel like it took Christina really pushing it in her live performances and being like, I am going to riff my ass off right now so that people can see that I can actually sing because – I mean, you have to think about how frustrating it must have been for Christina, who has like four minutes on a talk show or something to do Genie in a Bottle. And she just so desperately wants everybody to know that she can do what we now know <laughs> that she can do. And nobody knew that. So I don't think that they were comparing Jessica to her, really. It was still just it was just all Britney. I see. And I mean, look, deserved, but they all deserve it. I love them all. These women are just like some of the most important women in my life. You know, they raised me. I hope you like to think they raised you as well. They're just the pop culture icons. Yes, absolutely. I always say that I get my strength from all of the pop women. (laughs) Absolutely. So who are your other, obviously we've got Jessica and Ashley. Who are your like other top faves of the era? Do you love the other three of the Fab Four? Are you a Willa Ford fan? Never was super into Willa, but Britney is my main, you know, person in my life. (laughs) Not even just of this era. I love, love, love Britney. Always was obsessed with Britney. And I do, I love Christina too. And it's not as much this era, but she was a part of this era too. I love Madonna. I love Janet. Oh yeah, icons, and then obviously J Lo. Like from from like ninety eight till well till now, but until like the mid two thousands, those main pop girls were giving and serving. And I hope that say in an alternate universe, they all launched now. I think we're in a world where everyone loves them, and they wouldn't compare them as much as they did then. I don't think I don't think so. It because right now there's such less of a focus on cattiness I feel like the next series that I'm doing is on Lindsay Lohan and watching all of her press and reading her press I'm like wow it was just so natural for reporters who are literally sitting there with her doing an interview to to talk about how sexy she is at 17 and how great her boobs look and how you know oh she was out partying last night and she was late to this interview and you know you know Lindsay like she's just a mess even before she really was like it's funny how the media really pushed that on her before it seemed like she was really even doing much like a couple years before she even started showing up late on set and and all of that, you know, legitimate um, negative behavior, they were saying that she was when it seemed like she really wasn't. So I just am really uh, – it's just so off-putting, and I can't imagine the stress that was on uh, these and young women. Absolutely. And you look back, and I mean, I feel like that even just when you look at the, the professional side of it, of what they were doing, I'm like, imagine dealing with all that at such a young age, like performing to these huge crowds – dealing with interviews, doing world tours, music videos, so much stuff and so many people's jobs are falling on your shoulders. Like each one of these people has a huge team. It's just way too much pressure. And then I also feel it's so disheartening in a way as well of like, to me, like the career aspect is what fills my heart. You know, the tabloid stuff isn't like, obviously it's a little bit of fun now and then, but it isn't why we love them. We love them because of their output of this amazing work that they've given us and this pure escapism that they've given us during our tough times growing up. And it's 
is there bodies of work that stay with you and why you love them? And then sometimes you get in a YouTube black hole and you find all this stuff and it's so disheartening. You're like, I for- sometimes I forgot all this side that went with it. You know, I just love them for the movies they put out, for the music they put out, the pure joy. And then they're having to deal with all this rubbish. I totally agree. You know, that's one of the reasons why I do these deep dives on Jessica and Ashley's work, whereas I feel like maybe some other people have just dismissed them as 2000s pop tarts and that's over and their has-beens or something like that i'm like no girl and my Lindsay series is going to be very similar like i'm not going to focus as much on her family or you know the substance abuse and all that i mean i'm going to mention things here and there because of course it is a part of the bigger story and, and did influence her work but i do really want to celebrate the work that these young women did because they were working harder as you know, really, really either underage girls or or still super young girls. And they were being ridiculed at the same time so heavily. And everything that they did was under such a microscope. And I feel like a lot of them, including Lindsay and, and probably Brittany as well, they were like, well, I might as well go out and party because they're saying that I'm doing it anyway. So yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I just feel like I feel like the press didn't get it. And obviously I'm only in my head, but I just feel like we we would we read it all or, you know, indulged in it at the time because A, we were kids, but B, we loved these people and we didn't know better. And any news on them is better than no news. So we kind of ate it all up, indulged in it. And it's like, I just wish teams got at the time. And I think they do. I hope they do now, or at least people can control their narrative now. But I just wish everyone got, like the fans love these people. Like- if you put out like positive stuff, we love them. You don't need to put out this negative stuff all the time. I know. Isn't that so crazy? Like it's such a good point because if you really love an artist, you do want to hear the positive stuff. I feel like people are always saying, Oh, all people want to hear is the negative. And I'm like, yeah, I guess if you're just catching a sound bite, but for us, I mean, I watched Jessica on Home Shopping Network last night and she was talking about how cute her daughter is and I was delighted. Like, it's fine. Not everything is a drama. (laughs) Absolutely not. We want to see, I think to to me and I'm sure to a lot of us, like these people are very aspirational. Like they were then, they are now. It's people that, you know, this music, these films got us through, you know, our formative years and they still do now to this day. It's a comfort blanket. So they're very aspirational people to us. And it's such a shame that I think the 2000s, like I said, it's the greatest time in pop to me. It is, but I, to me, it's pure, it's fun. It's that side. And it is a shame that it's so tied heavily with such a, as you were saying, catty and sort of darker side to it does go hand in hand sometimes. I think I live in a world where I like block it out and then remember it on those YouTube black holes. Like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, common decency didn't really seem to be a thing in in the early 2000s. It, it was almost as if people were just saying, well, they're young, they're beautiful, and they're rich, and they're successful. Therefore, anything we say about them is completely fine. And today, it's the complete opposite. If you say something that even seems a little offensive, there's a whole Twitter war, you're canceled, there's mm. all these articles, you have to apologize So it's just a completely different world that we're in now. Absolutely. But I guess the only positive and social media has its own, you know, oof about it. But at least people can control their narrative for better or for worse, but hopefully for better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the first thing when something goes down with a celebrity, I go to their Instagram 
immediately for the notes for the notes <laughs> app statement. Yes. <laughs> yes. So then Ashley comes along, and obviously you already said that you've related to her. I'm curious, how big was Ashley in 2004 when her show came out? In the UK? Yeah. Um, so in, I was instantly obsessed. I I was already obsessed with Jessica. Like I loved Newlyweds. And then the Ashley Simpson show came out, and straight away I was sold because I loved the pop rock girls like Hillary avril and this was just another girl and even in you know how in ashley simpson there's infamously like i don't want to be like hillary duff Mm -hmm. to me and this relates back to what we were saying before i didn't even though i was like hillary duff was and is my number one i just found it quite exciting that they were talking about hillary duff like i didn't get upset about it and i also didn't think oh hillary versus ashley it was just like cool she's talking about hillary duff but she came on the scene and yeah, I just consumed it. I remember vividly getting her album in the shops and yeah, just downloading all the episodes of the Ashley Simpson show via sources that were quite tricky at the time in <laughs> 2004. It did come on TV as well, but you know, I wanted to watch it again and again and again. Right. And yeah, she wasn't, Neither Ashley or Jessica were as big here as they deserve to be. I would say a lot of people know who they are. You know, they're, they're definitely really famous. But the pop rock girls here didn't pop off the same way it felt like they did in America. Like, you know, this album era, well, her first two albums were huge number one albums. And then I'm pretty sure the third album was still like number three or number five, right, in America. But yeah, here, so-so. Like, I think Pieces of Me was top 10. I heard it, I remember vividly hearing it on the radio once, but that's it. Seeing it a bit more on the music stations, on the TV channels. Um, But yeah, neither of them kind of as big as they should have been. Um, And even though, even like Hilary Duff, though, wasn't as big as a music star here as she should have been. They, They were just kind of big stars, but that didn't necessarily translate to chart sales well i do think it's so interesting the difference between uk pop and us pop because there are so many i feel like a lot of groups that are really big in the uk and you guys cover them and i really wouldn't know about them unless i was obsessed with pop music which i am but (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like it you know it's not like they were everywhere here either so it's kind of a different it's kind of like a separate industry almost absolutely i mean look some of who we cover weren't even everywhere here unfortunately but we (laughs) we spread the good word on them and then david my co-host is australian so he introduces me to all these australian acts that i'd never heard of so and then i do the same to him with british acts um, and then we discover american acts and we still love like this 20 years on when we find out there's a new pop artist that we'd never heard of, it's like getting a, I call it my new old favourite. Like there's this British girl here called Ellie Campbell, who the press at the time, who I didn't hear of until about two or three years ago, the press at the time tried to dub her as the UK Britney because she was signed with Jive, but never really popped off. But we always, we're now obsessed with her. So yeah, it's whenever we find these uncovered gems, we're like, wow, can't believe that there's still people out there, even as, you know, two gay men our end with so much access to the internet that just spend our time looking all this stuff up. There's still pop stars that we haven't heard about. 
I know. Isn't that amazing? Especially because it was such a it was such a craze at the time. I feel like they were just pumping them out and not you couldn't you know, you couldn't catch them all, I guess. No, you could not catch them all, but <laughs> we've got time in the internet now and we're still trying. Thank God. So Although Ashley, you know, she was successful, but unfortunately Jessica Ashley never did enough here in the UK where they did a UK tour. I would love them as solo acts to come and tour the UK, but I'm still dreaming of the Ashley Simpson, Jessica Simpson co-headlining world tour where they will do all of Europe because that needs to happen. I've been manifesting it for 20 years. It will happen one day, but... Ashley did do Chicago here in the West End. So when I was about 15, I think when that happened and yeah, because it was after the first two albums, wasn't it? But before the third. So yeah, I was about 15. I heard it was happening and I told my friends, we need to go to this. So we were all there first night of Ashley in Chicago. And oh my God, I obviously I had my 15 year old head on so she could have done anything and I would have been blown away, but I (laughs) was blown away. way but I just remember thinking it's such a shame she doesn't want to just come out at the end and do the bows and then she could come and sing you know pieces of me la la and it would have been great but I'm still so thrilled to this day that I got to see her live the first night and then waited me and my friends obviously had to wait outside stage door and we were because it was the first night we were battling with the British paps of trying to get to the front they're trying to push these teenagers out the way (laughs) and after waiting waiting and waiting we finally see Ashley, Jessica, and Tina, and Joe Simpson. Oh my God, I am so jealous. That is amazing. I literally couldn't believe it. And because of Newlyweds <laughs> and and the Ashley Simpson show, you know, all four of them were stars. They were like characters of the most of two of the best reality TV shows. So it was just like, oh my God, can't believe what's happening. Right. Unfortunately, where it was the first night, they rushed into the car straight away, straight off to the party. But I mean, some of the best few seconds of my life. I couldn't believe they were all in front of me. You know, they were all in front of my eyes, especially Ashley and Jessica, these two women that I idolized. And oh, it was just absolutely incredible. It's just those small moments in life that you will absolutely never forget. Oh, wow. That that's awesome. How were Ashley's vocals? Fantastic fantastic and look we do she does have a dance background she's a trained dancer and then she danced for jessica um so i think i know she didn't train in sort of musical theater singing wise but she was she was she was really good and i remember like one of my friends sort of saying who wasn't so much of an ashley simpson fan she was quite a lot like you know her voice is quite raspy it's quite you know husky and low but i was just like it's fantastic well, I I like the idea of somebody with a different type of voice playing an iconic role like that. You know what I mean? As long as you have the the stage presence to back it up, I feel like it's amazing. And she did get really good reviews both in the UK and in America for that. I think both Ashley and Jess need to do Broadway. Ashley needs to come back and Jess needs to do a Broadway debut. You know, Ashley is a fantastic singer, dancer and actress, you know, someone that's born to do Broadway. And then Jessica, I just think, I mean, we've all seen that clip of her doing a chorus line when she was a teenager. I just think Jessica's talents, obviously I want her to come back as the pop queen that she is or whatever genre of music she decides to do. But I think her acting and her singing are born for Broadway. I think she could absolutely blow people away with the right production. I know. Me too. I do think it's a shame that Jessica never did Broadway because when you see that 
performance from a chorus line, it's shocking. Like, I mean, when I saw that, I knew Jessica was obviously very talented and had a great voice, but there's something about the Broadway polish of that that does not scream Texas teenager. It screams New York City. <laughs> like, Yeah, a Broadway veteran at a teenage yes. age. And do you remember... I'm sorry, we will absolutely move on. But do you remember? No, 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 it's okay. Um, I think about it all the time. These silly little nuggets that you just live in pre in our mind. Michelle Pfeiffer once quoted saying she wanted to star in a remake of Greece as the principal because she wanted to rewrite history of Greece too. Even though I love Greece too, it's one of my favourite films ever. Every everyone's entitled to their opinion, including Michelle. She wanted to, <laughs> so she wanted to do this remake of Greece. And she said Jessica Simpson should star in it as Sandy. Ooh, that would have been so cute. That would have been fantastic. Anytime I see some like classic pictures of Jess and Nick, I'm like, it was the Danny and Sandy of the 2000s. Oh my God, totally. And by the way, there are certain things that, certain pop culture opinions that when people say, I'm automatically like, we, like we're family. And when someone says they love Grease 2, that's my reaction. <laughs> I love Grease 2 so much. I, look, it's been, it's one of those things, much like all these, these pop stars that we love. It was something that I, when I was a kid, right, I would watch Grease 1, Grease 2 back to back. I didn't know it was a bomb or it was poorly received. It was something I discovered as a teenager, but I didn't care. And it's so <laughs> funny that like now as an adult, like Grease 2 has completely stole my heart. Like Grease 1's cool. It like, you know, it was groundbreaking for what it did. It's a gorgeous looking film, but Grease 2 is the one for me. And, and my boyfriend, he's a Grease 1 fan and hates Grease 2. So it's, it's, a, it's a very often heated debate at home about Grease 1 and Grease 2. <laughs> Oh my goodness. See, that's love. Because I don't know if I could live with someone <laughs> that doesn't love Cool Rider. I mean, come on. Exactly. It's No one has been cooler on film than when Michelle Pfeiffer did Cool Rider. And like that stepladder moment. Oh <sighs> my God. For years as a kid, I just wanted a stepladder for Christmas. I know. Yeah. You want to you wanna sit with it, uh, sit on it with your legs open. Exactly. Oh. <sighs> I know, I know. That movie just, I, I, I totally agree. I don't think I had a computer when I first got that because my mom brought home the VHS tape of it because I loved the original Grease. Mm. And I didn't even know there was a Grease 2. I was like six years old or something. So when my mother handed that to me, like I will never forget. I still remember like looking at the cover and being like, there's a Grease 2. <laughs> and I, I had no idea that it was panned. And I remember when I started to get older and there were a few other movies and stuff like that too, that I had no idea that people hated them. When I heard that it was so maligned, I was just like, why? Like people hate fun and, you know, multiple costumes that represent every season and every month oh. of the year. Oh my God. So <laughs> apart from the stepladder, my dream <laughs> Christmas outfit is that Christmas tree dress that Stephanie Zanoni wears. Yes. Oh my God. I just need it in life. When I get that in life, I will be happy. I mean, I don't think I'll be able to pull it off like Michelle did, but we will try. You will be able to pull it off. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We need pictures, high quality, Absolutely. multiple posts about it. Oh, I'll be, I'll be fully recreating the, the entirety of Girl for All Seasons. Oh, no, and I pro like welcome to the Grease Two podcast, but <laughs> the, I I promise I'm gonna stop. But I just want to say that my favorite thing about that whole scene and just Michelle Pfeiffer's 
um, entire performance is how seriously she took that role. Like she committed to seeing, you know, the ghost of her boyfriend in the sky with the, the, like the heaven with the motorcycle and everything. Like she's giving these, this performance that is like an Oscar performance in this movie. For the reading alone of, just when I found you, I lost you. She should have got an Oscar for that alone. I know, I know, I know. It's a, it's a masterpiece. You got to get yourself to London. Like I don't know if you've ever been to a Grease Two screening, but I've been to like at least ten, and I always drag my best friend along, and I whisper the same facts into his ear every time, and he goes, "I remember from the last time you dragged me to a Grease Two screening." <laughs> oh my gosh I've been told there are many reasons why I need to visit London never for that purpose but I think that's going to be the one that gets me there yeah top of the list (laughs) oh my goodness well let's get into this episode because you really got a good one here this is there's a lot in this episode had you watched this since the 2000s are you someone who is is keeping this on repeat or you know what's your experience with this show so let me tell you when when we were messaging and you was like you know what do you want to do and I left it up to you I was so thrilled when you said Ashley Simpson show like literally I would have been so happy either way but I was just you know when the right answer comes back I was like Oh, yes, we are doing this. <laughs> I, as I said, I vividly watched this show as a kid. Season one, I watched again and again and again. Season two, for some reason, was really hard to find. And I didn't see it until recently. And thank God I finally did, because that is juicy too. But season one, I basically kind of feel like I knew it off by heart. Um, and then I didn't watch it uh, again until maybe about three, four years ago, probably when we did our Ashley Simpson episode on my podcast. It was like our third ever episode or something very ropey, but, you know, do go and listen to it. I obviously watched all of the Ashley Simpson show in the build up to that. And it was so interesting to see it kind of with fresh adult eyes, because I don't know about you, but watching it as a kid, I absolutely bought what they were telling me. This girl, she is a unique artist and she is so authentic. And I just believed that Ashley Simpson was pure rock chick through and through. And I thought as a a teenager, I was getting huge insight to the music industry. I thought off the back of that, I knew everything about how the music industry worked. So rewatching it in around 2018, it was so interesting to watch it with fresh eyes. Because much like how we were saying before about I was obsessed with Shadow. Don't get me wrong, I was obsessed with every single thing. But I was obsessed with Shadow because it 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 was it could have been the the one song to sell you Ashley Simpson, you know, and we were so billed as she's authentically kind of the anti Jessica, so much so that we're told it so many times throughout the whole show, you know, she might be a lot of things, but she's not Jessica. I mean, the quote from the Ashley Simpson show, I think it's one of the first few episodes when she's having the. Uh, issues with the label and about what the sound is I was as a kid I thought this quote from the Ashley Simpson show was the most genius thing I ever heard so we want the album to be one part pop one part rock and then one part Ashley (laughs) yes (laughs) teenager being like wow I've never heard anything so insightful in all my life and now it's just I just think it's hilarious but brilliantly fantastically hilarious um you see that she I mean love her all the same a fantastically talented girl but also very lucky to have the opportunity it kind of was 
somehow thrust upon her instead of something she was necessarily chasing, especially kind of the rock part and the caliber of people she was working with, you know, deserved it talent wise. And then she, you know, worked so hard and gave us fantastic um, tours, live shows, music videos. But yeah, it's just so interesting of how now seeing it as an adult, it's like maybe less authentic as this anti-Jessica, but actually this perfect product that is the stereotypically anti-Jessica, but in the way that if you're a Jessica fan, you would still, you could still be an Ashley Simpson fan and vice versa. So while they were anti each other, it never, they were never against each other. I was always obsessed with both and I see a bit more clearly now why. Yes. And I try on this podcast not to put them against each other too much. I'm always doing polls on the Instagram and I'm always asking my guests about them. And I tend not to be like, well, who do you like better, Jessica Mm. or Ashley? You know what I mean? Because it's not about that. And same thing with the Fab Four, like you're talking about. It's not about this one's better than this one or that, you know, I'm not into Stan Wars. I'm just like, there's a place for everybody. But you're right. It, it is a product. Like the more that I watch this show as an adult, I'm like, it's like they took what they learned from newlyweds and then they were like, now we're going to manufacture this and have more of a distinct storyline in every episode. Whereas some of the newlyweds episodes, you're just like, what is going on? This is like a bunch of clips from like three months of time. <laughs> You know, and in this one, it's more of an actual show. Like there's an actual story. It's because I guess it was such an early time of reality TV. So Newlyweds was so iconic. And it's one of those things of you go back and it's like, does obviously some episodes really do, but does that every episode live up to the iconic status? Maybe not, but it still was groundbreaking TV for what it was. And look, I'll just watch, happily watch, hours and hours of of these girls doing nothing and it'll be absolutely fantastic um but yeah it's just really interesting and I also always felt I actually felt this as a kid as well it was interesting that when we see Ashley pop up on newlyweds I mean correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen newlyweds as recently as I have seen the Ashley Simpson show but when Ashley would pop up on newlyweds it was kind of like felt more blink and you'll miss or not really they wouldn't really make anything of it or give her much of a storyline or anything but when jessica was on the ashley simpson show oh boy did you know she was there (laughs) i know everything just continues to be about her and it's so funny because she doesn't even do it on purpose but it's she's just that girl you know (laughs) and i guess at this point that you know she is the you know nobody knows what we know as the audience viewer of Ashley and her music and that POV at the time. So it does kind of make sense. I did also used to think it's like, and I never thought, you know, Jessica was quote unquote dumb. I just loved her, but it did sort of feel like Ashley was the, not the intelligent one, but it felt like she didn't get the edit the way Jessica did. But then when you go back and watch season one of the Ashley Simpson show, I'm like, this isn't the kindest of edits to Ashley. And I just, I do find it fascinating. It's that fine line of neither of them got a fantastic edit, but uh, America as a nation and and the world and me as a viewer, as a pop fan, loved them both. Um, and, And I didn't, it felt like we were kind of in on the joke with them. I mean, I think the joke slipped me by in the Ashley Simpson show completely, but when they were getting a bad edit, it felt like we were laughing with them, never at them. 
and it never hindered record sales. It helped fan base and helped record sales, where it's such a fine line to straddle because here in the UK, we had this show in 2005 called Totally Scott Lee on MTV UK. And it was about the solo career of a member of Steps. Do you remember Steps at all? They did do a little bit in America. Yes, they do. So they billed it to Lisa originally as a UK version of Newlyweds. Her and her husband got married. And I think they'd probably filmed a pilot or whatever, and they really retooled the show. They were like, a UK version of Newlyweds isn't happening. Um, and unfortunately, at this point um, in Lisa's career, uh, she'd had two hit singles, but in, in those days, you had to have really hit singles. Otherwise, you know, you'd get dropped. So she got dropped. And then this TV show was all told around. She had to get a UK top 10 single or she'd give up the music industry. Oh. And they just didn't give her a fighting chance because one hand you think, okay, well, I've got this reality show showing the process of the show. It could be like a UK version of the Ashley Simpson show or newlyweds and the nation will back me up. It'll be great promo, but they gave her such a harsh edit. It's kind of like Twitter UK culture. Now a lot, you'll see it pop up so much on social media and it is really funny, but as pop fans, we're laughing with her, but as the nation, it was just too harsh and they took that line too far and poor Lisa didn't get a top 10. It went in at 13, which is very respectable. But yeah, I just feel like it's that fine line and where we, where Jessica and Ashley led to success, they took it too far on this very similar show in, in theory. And this uh, at that moment in time, to some people, she became a laughing stock. Oh, is she, where is she today? Is she okay? <laughs> she is okay. Look, us as like, you know, the pop fandom that we're part of, always loved her never gave up on her but she is doing really well steps are back in the uk better than ever they're celebrating 25 years of steps now and they're the only pop band of that era of uk bands anyway that are back and better than ever they've been back for about five years they've released two fantastic albums they're still doing arena tours so they're they're they've set a whole new template of how you can come back and you'll do nostalgia but you'll add new stuff to it and they look better than ever the styling is fantastic the quality of music is fantastic they've really managed to do what steps were doing originally and bring it 20 years later um so she's living her best life all five members of steps are and i just wish more of our favorite bands of that time would have that opportunity we see loads doing the nostalgia circuit which we absolutely love but yeah let's give more of our favorite pop bands that opportunity Oh my gosh, yes. That is so good to hear. I really hope other people will follow suit. And you know what? I meant to ask you, is your podcast title from the Spice Girls song? It is from third album Spice Girls that is very underloved because we thought that sums us up perfectly what we're trying to do. You know, third album album track that people don't know as well as the first two albums. Oh, I love that song. That was always one of my favorites. Like I remember when that album came out and... You know, we were all stressed because Jerry ruined our lives. And then <laughs> we hear this song. I-, I thought this song was so good. Like, I remember, like, my- in my, like, child brain, I was like, this is genius. Like, what a great way to talk about, you know, <laughs> her leaving the, the group. To let everyone know we are coming right back at you. There's been tears along the way, but we're still the best of friends. Yeah. Uh, it was genius. It should have been a single. It would have really helped the narrative. And I think that song in particular is the kind of the one that helps you go from Spice World to forever. It's a mixture of the pop and the R&B. Yes, totally. I love forever. And by the way, some of their best vocal performances <sighs> on that album. Oh my God. We did a 
Justice for Forever, like 20 Years of Forever episode. It's one of the favourite ones I've ever done. And vocally, they really were, like, they were showcased so excellently on that album. Like, Victoria has some of the best vocals of her career. I mean, I'm a Victoria Beckham stan, and I will defend her vocals to anyone, because to me, she's a fantastic pop star. Um, But her ad-libs and all of them are so good on that album. I agree. I don't understand why people always act like Victoria was so weak as a singer. I love her voice. Absolutely. She's got a gorgeous voice, a wonderful tone. She was known as being a fantastic harmonizer in the group. It actually really upsets me now when even in the press, she'll say, I asked to turn my mic off. It's like, you sung evenly on the at the time. We've heard you sing live. Like the receipts are there. Don't like, don't follow the press narrative. Yeah, I know. I hope that she does rejoin them. Oh, another thing I'm manifesting along with the Simpson co-headlining world tour. Oh, I know. I still like when Victoria just casually like posts on her Instagram story, like her and David and the kids like in the kitchen making cookies or something. I'm like glued to my phone. Or, you know, Ken. Right. (laughs) I would love to know. Do you know? I know this isn't really what anything's about, but do you think Ken and Jess are still on good terms? I don't know. People ask me that all the time. And I know that there was some falling out regarding Eva Longoria. Right. So I think that they're okay now. But I think that whatever happened definitely broke up the, you know, Ken and Jess BFF always together. He's always working on all of her big appearances and things like that. I think that maybe once... Jess's fame started to fade a little bit and Eva Longoria was huge from Housewives that Ken started, you know, Eva would need him for the Emmys or something and Jess would just be doing like a campaign or something like that and Ken would go with Eva and I think that that upset Jess and I don't know if it was any deeper than that but I think probably because it did seem like they had a really good friendship and not just a working relationship but who knows, it also could have been more shallow like I work in the industry and sometimes I work with a makeup artist or a a hairstylist it one day and I'm like oh my god are we gonna be best friends it seems like we're best friends and then I realize that no they're just (laughs) doing their job and (laughs) you know being nice so I don't I don't know yeah yeah I mean everyone needs hairdo to make a comeback oh I know I love that campaign by the way she looks so cute oh amazing but I also need I need it to I need this friendship of Ken Jess and Victoria to to happen imagine seeing that on Instagram Ooh, I know fabulous fabulous (laughs) so this episode opens with Ashley talking about her acid reflux which unfortunately is the culprit for so many things She is supposed to be keeping quiet and resting her voice, but she can't because she already committed to do this Pizza Hut commercial with Jessica. And I thought it was really funny because Ashley is talking about like, oh, it'll be fun. Like we get to spend a long 14 hour day together. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time that we've done a commercial together or anything like that. So it'll be fun. We get to spend a long 14 hours together on the ranch with horses i mean first and foremost it's so interesting that even so early on in the in the tv show she's having these throat issues and i just wonder what was her like what was she doing to have such bad acid reflux as such a 
young person. So Ashley never had any formal vocal training at all. She didn't have any, like she didn't have a musical theater background like Jessica. She never sang. She was a dancer. Mm. So I think that what happened was she went from never singing unless it was in the shower or something to trying to sing stuff like Lala and Love Me For Me and have this rocker tone to her voice and doing things with her voice that she shouldn't have been doing and I think that she really messed herself up and I also I really do blame Joe because he was not only her father but her manager so I mean she should have had at least like a year of vocal training before she even attempted this yeah I mean that gets me really wound up kind of just in the in the industry as a whole you know when people which I didn't I wouldn't ever say this about about people but some people would say, oh, someone's losing their voice or or whatever. And it's like, where's the fault of the labels here? Like people need to, it's not just about this current moment. You need to nurture your artists. You need to make sure they're always looking after their voices, getting the, the best out of their voices. Like having that as a priority of your care for your artists. So they can have a much longer career. You can then have a much longer career. And yeah, absolutely. Like Joe, it's so interesting isn't it because obviously he did have two really successful daughters but it's it's just funny of like like I went to stage school as a kid and just getting flashbacks from Joe and Tina of how stage school parents would act like I'm really lucky and thankful that mine weren't it was always like me and my sister pushing to do this sort of thing they'd really rather that we didn't you know but didn't stop us Mm -hmm. whereas it's these people who yes Jessica's been really successful but before then they don't really have any entertainment um experience as far as i'm aware so just some of the things that how they would talk and and whatever it's like oh maybe we could have had someone else in the mix that really knew what they were talking about and once you've crossed that line of like parent and manager there's no going back yeah and i also think ashley was really irresponsible like i think i mean she was also 1920 during this time but in the second season when they cover the whole snl incident she is supposed to be having a certain diet, which she mentions in this episode. And <laughs> her and her friends go out. They party the night before. Who knows what they ate or drank? You know, obviously, I'm guessing alcohol, which she's not supposed to have. And then in the morning, they had pancakes and syrup and acidic fruit. And and you just think that if you have the opportunity to be on SNL, you are going to be doing everything that you possibly can and behaving like a perfect angel in order to have the best possible performance. And she just, she didn't care because she was a regular, you know, it's kind of like her peers at the time were in college, you know, saying they're going to study for the exam and then going out and blowing it off and then failing the exam, you know, and this is her, that was her version of that. Absolutely. And I guess as well, you, you are rebellious against your parents. Whereas if there was someone else externally, you would probably listen to it a bit more because you're like, okay, well, this is someone else. It's not just my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, as well, on the other hand, she's like, well, I've been really successful and it's been fine. So why would I change it? But as we know, even at this appointment the night before, she said she had Taco Bell really late. Yeah. Yeah. She's not definitely not following the diet and she doesn't seem to be even attempting to not talk or use her voice. Like on the set of the Pizza Hut commercial, it, it they could everybody could have been like okay guys Ashley needs to stay quiet unless she's shooting you know like she's only gonna yeah. talk when she's on camera and that 
there seemed to be absolutely no attempt to do that. No, and think of all the funny scenes we could have had if she had like an, a, a whiteboard around her neck or something and being like on voice <laughs> rest and she could have been writing things. It could have been real hijinks and a, a fun <laughs> lot of stuff instead of the sort of, um, not complaining, but the issues. I mean, even on your, you did a previous episode, I believe, and you were talking about how Tina would sort of mention to Ashley you've got great legs so why don't you show them off and again we've got that here mm-hmm. and I think in Tina's mind she thinks she's being really positive I think in like in the early 2000s we would have thought that was a positive way to speak to someone but just the pressure then that puts on your your children yeah because you're saying you've got great legs so then you're gonna have a way you're viewing at things and how there's that pressure to then keep up with it and you know, we don't, we didn't, we never knew better. It's easy enough for us to look back and say, you could have done this, this and this. And I'm sure she was doing her absolute best, but it's just interesting that it's a recurring thing that seems to be popping up. Yeah. Cause when Ashley gets dressed in this episode, Ashley feels like she looks fat and Tina's like, I would tell you, I would say you look like a fat ass. Yeah. And I'm like, there would be no possible outfit that she could put on that would make her look fat. It's just impossible. You know, <laughs> like, She's just a typical teenage girl who's going to come out of the dressing room and say, oh, I look fat, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you just, it's simple back and forth. Like we all have that. And then your friend just goes, no, you don't. You go great. And it is interesting if I even know, do you remember in Jessica's book, she mentions about how um, she'll make sure she'll say to her kids things like, you look like you had so much fun instead of like, you looked so beautiful up there. Yes. Um, and then that kind of popped into my head watching this. And even since ever since reading that book and listening to the audiobook, I've always made sure I've got young nieces and nephews. I always try and be much more encouraging in terms of instead of like, oh, you look so cute or don't you look beautiful or handsome? I always try and be like, you look like you're having so much fun mm-hmm. uh, and trying to, c- to communicate things in that way because we have been such a looks-based world. And I hope moving forward that is changing it has been changing and will continue to yes yeah absolutely I hope so because there's a lot of focus in this episode put on the fact that Ashley looks like a boy and she does not look as good as Jessica in this commercial and it's true like the way that they styled her compared to Jessica it's not that Ashley isn't beautiful because they put an insert of her saying Jessica deserves everything that she has, but it bothers me, blah, blah, blah. And she looks like so gorgeous because she's styled more like her personality and she's styled how she wants to be styled. Jessica deserves everything that she has, but sometimes it's hard for me to see that because I feel like I'm at a crucial point in my career where it's like, who knows if I'll succeed or not. And I feel like in this commercial, they wanted Ashley to look more. She looks just, yeah. And, and, and Tina was right. Like her hair was really flat and it was like, almost like glued to her head. I'm like, why did they do that? <laughs> yeah. It's tricky though, because you know, in the previous episode with the photo shoot or quite often she's like, I want to look more boy. Yeah. Just like boy. whereas so then I guess if you're getting told that as the brief I mean there could have just been one call and Ashley might have gone like I'm a I like tomboy and then you go with that which isn't you know you know right we try things out you have more options but I think it was just bad communication and that's how it went down do um I wanted to ask do you recall this commercial being aired it obviously it didn't it wasn't a thing here it wasn't a UK commercial but was this like a famously shown pop culture moment I remember it, but it it wasn't 
a big moment. The bigger one was the uh, icebreakers liquid oh. ice. For some reason, they were that was not a thing here, but I downloaded it. It must have been off LimeWire or something, and I was obsessed with it because they did one. Hillary and Haley Duff did one, mm-hmm. and I would just watch them again and again. I would repeat it to people, and they're like, "What are you going on about?" And I'm like, "It's liquid. It's ice. It's icebreakers <laughs> liquid ice." I think I even did a like a Windows Movie Maker fan edit of the two of them together, like proper like 2005. Um, love that (laughs) but yeah it was just it was so interesting this commercial and then did you notice that line where jessica gets the bug in her hair and she like freaks out a little bit like just in a regular way not a freak out Mm -hmm. um she goes i promise i'm not paris hilton yeah and i was like is that just a pop culture moment or had they done a pizza commercial with paris hilton previously and they'd had a conversation previously of like she was a diva or something for it to be such a throwaway moment I'm like is that part of a conversation we're not seeing I know I thought that was weird too because it was like a little specific to be like oh I swear I'm not Paris Hilton I think she just meant like I'm not a rich stuck-up girl who's going to freak out over a bug you know what I mean and I guess because Paris I mean, Paris was on The Simple Life, though, and I guess she did have, there were some scenes with the bugs, and they were like, ew, you know, and I guess Jessica is more of like, I'm a down-home Texas girl, yeah. but I still don't want a bug on on my head. <laughs> no, and it, it could have even been, yeah, it could have even been, they might have been talking about The Simple Life or something, and something like that, and their reactions or something, because it didn't seem very Jessica to really say something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I guess we've also got to think, Ashley wasn't famous yet to the public in this way. Like she'd just done Seventh Heaven, but no music had been out yet. So right. she isn't going to be the priority of the commercial. And then did you see how it said Ashley with a Y? Yes. I was like, oh, core memory. <laughs> <laughs> but then it also had Tina on it. Tina Mother. I'm like, was Tina meant to be in this commercial? I don't know. Maybe it was just, I think, I think maybe that sign was on their trailer door. Like they all yeah. got one trailer. But yeah, I mean, it's just that sign just says it all, you know, it's like <laughs> Ashley's misspelled. She's the one that's not as important. She's not famous. So they're going to misspell her name, you know. Yeah, not the priority act of the day. No, no, no. But I also thought it was, you know, it was very living in the shadow when Tina's like, you're high maintenance, Ashley. And then she even says to Jessica, she's like, your sister's high maintenance. And Ashley's like saying with confidence she's like I know I am but that like that's okay I I know I am I know I am and then she does point out though she's like Jessica's high maintenance too like let's not even act like she isn't and Jessica goes well I haven't complained once today and Ashley goes today (laughs) yeah I even related to that just as a sibling I was (laughs) like you know because the older sibling is like the golden child and I was always the scene as you know being like that how they're perceiving as Ashley it's like hang on this is not the narrative I want you know the other person can be doing this as well but you're just currently seeing them as the golden child right right I was like no wonder why she's singing about it (laughs) I promise it looks cute Ashley I'd tell you if you looked fat I'd say you look like a fat ass would you take that off Ashley come on if any if anything goofy Ashley good lord child get over it oh she's high maintenance I know, and I like it. Jessica, your sister's high maintenance. I know. I know I am. Jessica's high maintenance, too. Don't even act like she's not. I have not complained once today. You haven't. You haven't. Today.
But it did provide MTV with some great moments for the flashback sequence later in the episode. Yes, yes, absolutely. I liked when Ken was fixing Ashley's hair and Tina, you know, reiterates, she's like, Ashley, you are beautiful. And and Ken goes, Ashley, you're beautiful no matter what they say. <laughs> I was going to bring that up too. I'm like, who's been saying it? <laughs> such like a such like ken being like you know when you say to someone as a joke like do you know what i think you're really nice no matter what everyone else says about you and they're like what <laughs> yeah ken oh like who was saying that <laughs> I, and i thought what ashley said made a lot of sense in that insert when she's like you know jessica is amazing jessica deserves everything that she has but i'm at a crucial point in my career and i you know i, I could tell that she's nervous about every little thing because that show, the show that's in this episode that she performs, that was April 26, 2004, and the album came out in July. So this is like really getting down to the wire now of I I could really screw this up. Like I could be mm. presented to the world. And back then it was like if you had one bad single or one bad moment, you were out. You know, that was it. So I, I can totally see her her frustration with all of this. <sighs> Absolutely. You know, as you're saying, you know, she's this is that pizza commercial was probably some of the first time anyone's seen Ashley Simpson. Yeah. And they're like, oh, OK. Did you watch <laughs> Seventh Heaven? Uh, no, I was never a, a big fan of that show. But when we about a year ago, I did like a early career of Ashley episode oh. and I watched a couple of them and I was just like, this show is a lot for me. Like, I can't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the hot chick yes i love that movie it's only ashley's part was bigger but lots of fun and i'm sure and i'm sure you've already put it on your socials but there's some pictures of them together at the hot chick jessica and ashley at the premiere yes which we just love to see yes absolutely ashley played the illustrious character of monique in that movie which like the real star of the laugh. film exactly that's why we all went you know <laughs> so Ashley goes to the doctor and he puts her on a diet. Like we said, he gives her a nose clip to wear at night. I'm guessing that nose clip, you know, got thrown in the trash by accident or something. I, I love that her reaction to puts it on. She goes, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sure. Do you think the doctor gets that as a response often? Like just these things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> And I was, it's kind of made my throat hurt because the doctor's like, last time I saw your vocal cords, he said they looked angry, swollen, and chronically burnt. Oh my God. I was like, burnt? What? <sighs> it's intense. Well, yeah. Like, what does that mean? And uh, he says that interviews and talking can be just as dangerous as singing, which again, seems like there's no attempt for her to not speak. And then he does say there's nothing going on that can't be fixed. Thank God. Yes. And I really wonder what her singing voice is like now. I mean, I know she had shows just a few years ago, but that was with Evan. I feel like there was less of a focus put on her. So I really wonder what it would be like today if she did her own full concert. Yeah. She did do, and that tour though that she did with Evan, she did do Pieces of Me and a few other tracks. So... Oh, it was, I, I didn't go, but I saw the uh, the footage from it. A lot of my listeners went and mm. I, oh my God, I, I feel so stupid for not going because like when she did pieces of me at the end, ugh. Oh, I, 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 if it had come to the UK, I would have been there. But I tell you what, I think like, obviously we are really sad that we haven't had music from either of them really in 
the last however many years properly. But the pro to that is she hasn't been wearing her voice out for the last 10 years, unless she's going for it on karaoke at home every night with Diana, which she might be. But probably she has been really resting it. So we see, we do see these stars come back and their voices are better than ever. Even with that song Jessica dropped at the end of last year, like her voice has never sounded better. So the pro of that is it is going to be rested. And whenever she's ready to do it, she will hopefully come back and sound better than ever. That's such a good point. You know, she hasn't worn out her voice and she probably would have if she had continued to tour back then. Absolutely. I mean, look, my shower concert's been doing shadow for 20 years and my voice is worn out. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a much much needed break for her. (laughs) Absolutely. So then she's getting ready for her concert and... She has Ken doing her hair, and it's a much better hairstyle for her. It's all wavy and wild and suits her personality much better. And then she says, oh, Ken was so nice because he also brought makeup people. And I'm like, what do you mean he was so nice? Like, they didn't schedule a makeup artist for your first show? Like, why would they schedule a hairstylist and not a makeup artist? Or did Tina just say to him, like, hey, do you have any makeup people? Like, I feel like for – Jessica shows she's got the hairstylist, the makeup artist, like the wardrobe stylist, the publicist. Like, what you know what I mean? It's just like another instance. I'm like, she's saying Ken was so nice to bring someone. What? Yeah, but just to play devil's advocate, this is Je- this is Ashley's first ever gig, right? And then, what do you think the setup was? Because it said there was. Do you remember they said there's like three other bands have got a set up? So I don't think she was the only person performing in that show. Yeah, I think it was just it was supposed to be just a showcase for friends. So they probably just had two because I saw on they showed the ad um, in the episode and I paused it and there were two other bands on the list. And I'm guessing they were just like smaller indie bands or local bands just so I guess to to book out the club. Yeah, and you have got to remember a lot of pop stars do say like in their early days there was no budget and they were doing they were they were doing their own hair and makeup. Whereas Ashley has this rarity of where straight off the bat she is on a big budget label, but you know she is a, a rock chick, so it maybe it isn't seen as someone that's going to have their hair and makeup done for them. But what we need to talk about, like the elephant in the room, she's recorded her first album. It's going to be out in two months. And this is her first ever gig ever, full stop, question mark, full stop, exclamation point. (laughs) I know. It's so backwards. Like, it does not make sense. I do not understand how they didn't have her practicing so much for this. I mean, this was a huge launch. They're doing this show at the same time as well. And... I couldn't believe that when they were stuck in the car and they were getting lost and she was super late, uh, Tina goes, well, I don't know, baby, you're just going to maybe have to miss it. And Ashley's like, no, like I, I've never done a sound check. Like I can't miss it. And I'm like, this is her first ever sound. She goes, I've never even had an in-ear. I'm like, yeah. they couldn't, cause she had um, a rehearsal in a few episodes before this. And I'm like, she they couldn't give her an in-ear and just be like hey Ashley this is what it sounds like (laughs) this is what it's like this is how it fits into your ear I I couldn't believe it that they were leaving it all to that the last minute especially because they were filming it for the show like this is in perpetuity (laughs) look 
first of all, I thought Tina joined the call for a second then. That was a brilliant Tina impression. <laughs> um, I just can't believe it. Again, imagine dealing with that pressure. Like, Ashley's, what, 19 here? Yeah. Big budget album already done. This is the first ever gig for it. And... I mean, you would be there really ridiculously early. And also, did you not think they've done it backwards? Like, you know, from my experience, you would do tech rehearsal, then get ready, then do the show. And it's mad that she didn't get ready at the venue. I know. That's why they have dressing rooms. Oh, I I just, I was, it gives me anxiety now thinking about it and talking about it. Literally that car scene, as you're saying, like they're running late and it's like, they're joking about it. And then it's like, no. And I can't believe she's just like, I've never done one. I've never done a tech rehearsal before. I've never, (laughs) it's like, what? And you're going to do a full on show. And it's just mad. It is absolutely mad. And again, this is like, come on, Joe. Where was the showcase before? Where was the small club gigs? Where was getting her on the scene? Just so she's getting comfortable. And, you know, what we see is then she's performing it. And, you know, rehearsal, she's vocally rehearsed with the band. But, like, she sounds like she didn't even know what she was going to do on the staging. And obviously she owned it because she's amazing and she has a dance background and she's just fantastic. But it shouldn't have been at the stage where it was like, oh, I just got out there and went for it. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, that old technique that people say, if you want a kid to learn how to swim, just throw them in the water. (laughs) I did also think, though, you know, we were built up to see how late she was for the tech rehearsal and then, like, there was no time. Seemed like it wasn't that much of a rush on the bits that we saw of 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 the tech run. Yeah, when she actually got there, it didn't seem like there was much of a rush, so that could have been just for the show, but Tina seemed legitimately frustrated. Like, she was, you know, she was getting a little short with Ashley in a way that I didn't see her ever do before. Yeah, I mean, oh, I think it's relatable in a small scale way of, like, just that back and forth as a teenager with your parents, So then imagine adding being Ashley Simpson on top of that. Oh, but imagine if they had, if they, she'd just been so late that they'd just thrown her out on stage with no sound check. Oh no, that, that like, that was not an option. And I can't believe that Tina even said, well, you might miss it. I'm like, that, how does Tina not know from all of Jessica's shows that that is like not an option? No. And it's like, you know, worst case, what they would have had to have done is stop people coming in. They'd have to wait outside longer and she'd right. sound check. Like I've been queuing for loads of gigs where you've heard the sound check before. Yes, exactly. But obviously that doesn't make good television or MTV didn't think so. But bloody hell, that was intense. And yeah, I just, (laughs) I mean, she did need a sound check. I mean, they do say though, like bad dress run or bad tech run or bad sound check does make a good show and that it did. Yes, but you know, I'm, I'm curious. I would have loved if they just played the actual show because they dub in her vocals either from the album or like some of them sound a little different from the album. So I feel like it may, might've been an outtake or whatever. Cause obviously they have a lot of her outtakes and a lot of her recording because it clearly wasn't, no. they weren't showing the live singing. Like I believe she was live singing at the event, but yeah. they did not play that. So I'm like, Ooh, I wonder how her voice sounded with the reflux and the stress and the lateness and everything. I mean, look, it probably, this is the thing though. It probably sounded fantastic in the room. 
but there's a difference to being live watching it and then watching back a recording, you know, because when you're there's it's just a different experience seeing something in real life than watching a recording back, you know. Right. recording captures everything whereas real life experience takes so much in and like i've been to amazing concerts that i've watched have been televised or recorded and it's like oh my god it sounded so much better in real life you know when they don't dub it so i do understand why they dubbed it and even when she came off she's like oh i was so flat blah 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 yeah but she she killed it i saw ashley live not on her first tour but her second tour the one for i am me oh, i'm so jealous and that was in November 2005, and I thought she was amazing. I mean, I was, you know, like 15, so it was like you're saying before about being 15. <laughs> but I was so impressed with her performance and her stage presence and everything, and that was only like a year and a half after this. And I think she she clearly did do a good job at this show, but I think even the difference between – this which she's clearly like a little I mean probably like very inexperienced and stuff to her second tour it was so much more professional and you know I I mean I went home happy like there was definitely no issue do you think um I thought watching it like she went for it and like did a fantastic job but I thought she projected like how a lot of us would be in like our dream concert sort of just going for it and like dancing on the stage and like she was living out how I think a lot of us would in our fantasy world of being a pop star oh yeah like just going out there shaking it all about (laughs) yeah like I just don't feel like that then continued in her live performance I mean tell me if I'm wrong I didn't get to see a full show but it seems like she found her groove more instead of just sort of like giving it all a good wiggle Right, yeah. This in this one, she kind of seemed like a little girl, like who jumps on the stage at a wedding yeah. or something. <laughs> uh, which I actually did at my sister's wedding, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> oh my god! Oh um, my god! I want to know on the Ashley tour. Did she have any notable support acts or anything? I really don't remember. She must have had an opener, but I don't remember who it was. The only thing, the main thing that I remember from that tour is that I got there super early because it was a club tour and I really wanted to be in the front Mm. and my mom I you know took me there thank you mom at like 2 p.m and we waited until 8 p.m and uh I did get the front row and there were sound check issues during the not sound check sound issues during the show and Ashley was like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, there's some sound issue going on. And it was like, damn, what? You know, who's constant, constantly sabotaging Ashley with, with sound issues? And instead of going backstage and having a drink of water or just taking a moment, I guess she felt bad that there were issues. And she turned to us in the front row and said, I can sign stuff while you guys are waiting. I'm so sorry. Like she was so lovely and polite and I didn't have anything for her to sign because it was like the middle of a concert. I wasn't like holding a Sharpie, you know? So a lot of people didn't really have anything and people were like scrambling (laughs) in their bags for things. So I, you know, she just stood there and talked to us for like two minutes and it was so lovely and sweet. And then as soon as they fixed it, someone was like, hey, Ashley. And she was like, oh, okay, bye guys. And like jumped back onto the stage and just kept on going. Wow. I mean, what a way to like calmly deal with the issue, you know? And I think that's something that really, 
not angles me, angers me, but riles me up about, you know, what did happen on television, you know, on SNL. I know. Um, it was just like, it's like this right now. This is her first ever gig and her album's about to come out. Of course she didn't deal with it well because she didn't have the experience. And it's like, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. She did what, like, every pop star's done at one point or another or a lot of the time. And there's nothing bad about it. A lot of television, it's your, it's their choice. You don't have an option. But just because of sound and dealing with TV and everything, it's just such a shame that she sort of had the panic moment, which I think a lot of us would in that situation. But it's amazing to hear that then a year on, she's just sort of calm. She's owning it and having a good moment with the audience. Did you as an audience member know that there were sound issues before that happened? Could you hear it or it was, you didn't notice it? You know, I vaguely remember there being something weird that happened like right before, but it wasn't a tremendous like SNL Mm. moment. It was just something that was a little weird. And then I think before the next song, they just had to work it out. I have no idea what it was. But yeah, I mean, obviously I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, how ridiculous and undeserved that backlash was and you know one thing that really makes me mad about that is that Lauren Michaels and everybody else kind of threw her under the bus and instead of supporting her and I remember Lauren said something like oh you know we don't have lip syncing on this show like that is not okay and I was just like well Britney was on the year before when she promoted in the zone and she 100% was lip syncing me against the music like she's saying every time live but she was lip syncing so you do let other people lip sync it's just that when somebody gets exposed as lip syncing then suddenly you're acting like you know nothing about it it's ridiculous it's all ridiculous and it's all about like people have common sense but you're pandering to everyone so then there's this weird reaction this way whereas if they just come out and being like sometimes this happens not everything needs to be a big deal exactly like as not only the producer of the show but as a famous producer of a famous show that would have helped her so much if he just said you know what unfortunately she was having some vocal issues there was nothing else we can do unless we wanted to totally cancel the performance and in show business the show must go on so we did what we could do and unfortunately it didn't work out I mean, that would have completely changed the narrative on her. Absolutely. I do wish that the because this clip, you know, was like viral before even viral was a thing. I can't find the rest of the episode anywhere. Like, I'd love to see the other performance that went well. I'd love to just watch the rest of the SNL episode. And it seems impossible to find. Well, my dear, it is not impossible to find. It is on my Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God. I posted the the Pieces of Me performance not too long ago. So if you just scroll, you should be able to find it. But I think it's not on YouTube. I believe I got it on Vimeo. So you could also look there. Oh, I'll go directly to your your account. I'll give it the numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah. I probably, I've probably even liked it if you look at it but I will look again and look forward to watching that so speaking of the concert there's something we have to speak about which I know you've already covered the other side of this on a newlyweds episode but there's a very notable guest in the audience isn't there (laughs) oh yes once again Jessica just steals the show (laughs) do you think MTV were like lining this up and the schedules for the two show and was just like this is genius Boys, (laughs) Boys, <laughs> girls, non-binary friends, we've done it. You know, <laughs> job done. We've made genius television here. I'm like, who thought that was a good idea? Because uh, I'm sure MTV was in charge of the scheduling for all this. You know, I feel like, I, I do think it was a coincidence because I feel like they probably, LASIK wasn't 
that common at the time. I feel like they probably didn't realize that Jessica was going to be blind at the show. And I know Jessica didn't realize it. So I don't know, but I've had people suggest to me before, well, don't you think Jessica did that on purpose to steal? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not who she is. That's not her style at all. No. Why, which even if she wanted to steal the show, which Jessica Simpson wouldn't, like, you know, a decent human being wouldn't, this isn't the time to do it. Like, should that's, it's like comparing chalk and cheese or someone who's already an established artist who's already done her own tour. Yeah. And, you know, has got her own hit TV show, da da da. To then her, someone who's doing their first ever gig that's like clearly very intimate, you know, and as you were saying, probably like might not even be a public gig, like just mm-hmm. invite only situation. But it is funny. It's like, who, even if it is brand new, right? If I was getting laser eye surgery, I would not be going to a concert straight after. No, you're supposed to rest. <laughs> it's just, it's mad. Like, it's, it's quite <laughs> iconic visually, just these, like, big bug-eye goggle yes. things. But it's, it is absolutely bonkers. It's crazy. And my favorite part is after the show when um, Jessica's just kind of, like, wandering in the hall and she goes, <laughs> where is she? And, and her manager's she's like, right she's there. right here. <laughs> So funny, so funny. She's right here. Oh my gosh! I was crying the whole time, and I'm like, oh my god, is that bad? Should I not be crying? Ashley, you just like formed your ass off. It was so cute. You had so much personality and wiggle. Her compliments were amazing, and I just felt really good. I felt like I had achieved something, and I was proud of myself. I want you to go on tour with me. I'd be fine. I'd be like the best tour ever. I mean, she could clearly see something because she was like telling her about how good she did and she could see her wiggling and moving about up there. I mean, maybe it's a good thing that Ashley was so expressive, then Jessica could see it. (laughs) Thank God she was wiggling so much. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I know. It's so funny. And I, and I noticed Casey, Jessica's assistant up there with her too, with, with the, with the goggles. I didn't even realize that she was there too. It's wild, isn't it? And I think Casey was on the Pizza Hut shoot, right? I mean, you didn't really see her face, but there was that big curly hair. So I assumed Mm -hmm. that was her. Um, Do you think there was just like, when they were filming this concert, there was like two sets of crew, like the Newlyweds crew and the Ashley Simpson crew all filming at this one venue? I don't think so because I don't think this is on Newlyweds. I think that this was just Ashley's... Oh, right. So you just see them get the surgery on Newlyweds, but you don't see her go to the concert. Right. Yeah. Oh, they could have given Ashley that crossover promo. I mean, she didn't need it. She got the number one album. But yes. give. see, like I'm saying, they didn't make a deal with Ashley on Newlyweds. It was only the other way around. But yeah, fan bloody tastic show. Good on you, Ashley. Yeah. And I love at the end when Joe comes in to congratulate her, he's just all positive. You know, he's not like manager dad coming in being like, okay, so on the third song, you know, you could have done this. It's it's just complete dad. He's like, you killed it. You were amazing. And Ashley is saying, oh, I know, but I, I did this and I did that. And he's like, who cares? You like, <laughs> he's like, you did it. You did it. And the, the her manager, Jordan, or not her manager, it's, um, it's the guy that works at Geffen. The the I think the president of Geffen, Jordan, is there too, giving her similar praise, and she deserved it. You know, she did deserve it, and that is just you know he's being he's being a great dad, but he is also being a good manager there. Like 
I always think after someone's done a show or like even like after you've pod- done a podcast or something, straight after isn't the time for notes. Like you've got to you've got to enjoy that moment, no matter how it went. You've got to give positive feedback, and that's the moment where you should be beaming and it should be celebratory. And then, you know, the next day, if there were notes or anything to work through, that's when you talk about it. Not straight after, because that just, like, kills your artistic soul a little bit on the inside, you know. It's not the way to go about things. Absolutely. And with Ashley, it was never about the polished perfection anyway. I mean, of course, there's always things to improve upon. But she, you know, says it herself, like, you know, she's come really far. It hasn't been an easy road. But she says, I feel like I'm getting there. After all the problems with my voice, getting lost, the whole mess. It all finally came together. I feel like I've been on a path to find out who I am. And it hasn't been an easy road, but I feel like I'm getting there. Absolutely. I mean, your first ever gig, the the main part of it's just getting up there and doing it. Right. And I also thought that Ryan Cabrera was said a very nice thing too where he said it was so good that it made him rethink himself as an artist. Yeah, that was sweet. Um, that's kind of this. You know how we all like look back on like how like what Tina was saying was kind of not aged well. This was also like it's kind of toxic in its own way, but it's sweet. It's very well meaning. You know, it's like we shouldn't compare, but he said it in a very sweet, like beyond well meaning way. So very very sweet. I'd love to know because I know how you feel about Nick from what I've been listening to. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Ryan? I mean, Ryan. You know, I I would rather like be stuck in a padded room with Ryan for a year straight than like go on one date with Nick. So like I, <laughs> that's a little extreme, but yeah, I like Ryan. I think that this, I think that the relationship was set up for the show, but I don't think it was entirely a PR relationship. I think that whether or not Ashley actually liked him and he liked her, this was going to be a storyline, but I do also think that they ended up really liking each other and and having a a true relationship and uh, even to this day or whenever it was that Ashley got with Evan Evan and Ryan have been good friends forever so Evan actually asked Ryan you know uh for permission kind of when he started dating Ashley because they were so close so I you know so that that to me really legitimized that relationship which I thought was kind of just more like hey, you know, get together on the show. There needs to be a love interest or something like that. And I I think they really have a cute, innocent relationship and fun and supportive of each other. So I like him. Yeah. Did his music pop off for you? Was it like much of a thing? I don't think he ever really came to the UK. I only know him via Ashley Simpson show and then The Hills a little bit, obviously. That one song, On the Way Down, which I do quite like, uh, that song was relatively big. It was on TRL. It was on TV a lot. Not on the radio so much. And then he had one other song that was kind of big called True. Right. That was it. Like, I can't even name any more of his songs. He really didn't pop off very much but he's still he's one of those early 2000s people that had moderate you know modest success but has managed to still have a career for the rest of his life like he still does a lot of shows and he still has like a a small fan base I guess which is enough to sustain him and and keep his career going so yeah for him yeah absolutely I used to um during this time because I was obsessed with Jessica Ashley Mandy Brittany Christina Hillary, Lindsay, everyone, all these American girls that were famous here, but didn't 
weren't as famous here as they should be. I mean, people listening might disagree with me. I used to get a J14 magazine imported from the States to my local news agent because <laughs> they obviously had all of these people in there. And Ryan would often be in there. So like, to me, he's like really quite famous of the time, but I just don't really know much about his music. Yeah, I mean, I don't either, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I guess all the way up or whatever it's called is all we need to know. All the way down, yeah. All the way down. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no, on the way down. On yeah. The way down. <laughs> um, his his sister-in-law actually follows and listens to our podcast. And oh, she's, wow, hello. Hello. She's She's been very sweet to me. And I'm like, tell Ryan, if he ever wants to come on the podcast, I'll let him promote whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. That would be a fantastic guest. I mean, regardless of everything, he's a Y2K icon or a 2000s icon. Oh, he truly is. He truly And he's is. meant to be very nice because he, yeah, when he was, I don't know, if, if, did you ever watch The Hills? Yeah. Um. So then Whitney and her husband have been doing these reaction videos during lockdown uh, of The Hills. And like when Ryan was on it, like they spoke about him a little bit. And she said when Whitney had just done The Hills reboot, like Ryan was there and he was always really nice. So he's got good energy. I've never heard anything shady about him that I can remember. So I think he was good for her at this point in her life, you know? Yeah. So we can talk about some of the fashion here. Mm -hmm. What do you think of her onstage outfit? I thought it was quite signature Ashley. Yes. I thought it was great that she went out and she went out as this era of her, like, whether it was authentically her or not. I do also think, not to go on a tangent too much, but now you look back and I think, oh, it wasn't authentically her. But then it probably was her for that period in time. I wouldn't want anyone to dissect or not dissect, but say whether something I wore at 19 was authentically me. You know, we all just try things out for a while when you commit to it and then you move on. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it perfectly kicked off Ashley in this era. Me too. I thought she looked so good. I She wears so many stripes on this entire show. It's like, I can't even focus on the screen. <laughs> um. Yeah. She should have really got like a Converse deal as well at this time. Oh, totally. Yeah, she ended up having a Skechers deal, but that was not the same. No, that's a rite of passage, though, isn't it? If you're a pop girl of that era. Yeah, you got to have something like that. Skechers or Candies, who, which she also did. <laughs> there was actually... So during this era, I had this best friend who, who was a girl my age, and we both loved all these things together. And she told me, and then she showed me, we went in, uh, there was like an Ashley Simpson range in Claire's accessories here in the UK. Mm -hmm. There was just all these little jewelry and accessories with Ashley Simpson's face plastered all over it. And I was like, that is fabulous. Yes, she had that here too. And then she also had for her third album, she had some clothes in, in Wet Seal. Oh, I've never even heard of Wet Seal. Oh, Wet Seal is very, I mean, I think they might be still around, but they're very much like an early 2000s brand like it's such a i mean even the name wet seal it's like what maybe that was the name of one of the bands on the show as well wet seal <laughs> <laughs> that, that would align with the rest of it but yeah and i think she also had some clothes in hot topic do you guys have that we don't have that but i know that much more as a reference point that feels like quite yeah. a good brand crossover for ashley as far as i'm aware 
Yeah. I do believe there's, um, I think it's on Depop, the thrift store app. There is yeah. an Ashley Simpson. I think it's the wet seal. There's like a bright yellow wet seal Ashley Simpson off the shoulder top available if anybody wants to grab that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I know what I'm doing after this record. Of course. Of course. I'm always on the lookout for autobiography Ashley Simpson shirts. They're extremely rare and extremely expensive. Whereas from her other tour, they usually are more readily available, but I am always checking the apps for that kind of t-shirt. I've got my autobiography vinyl right next to me. I've got my autobiography vinyl and the open book book next to me. I just wanted the energy of the girls with me today while we did this record. I love it. I love that. Do you have a favorite from autobiography? Can you choose one favorite song? Yeah, so Shadow, but in terms of album tracks, Surrender. Yes, so It's just a bop, like absolute rock bop. But the whole album is fantastic. But yeah, Surrender was always like, yeah, this is where we're at. I know. I can't believe that song wasn't a single. I know. It was, I guess it was just, every album's got to have a killer album track though, like a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess maybe is it too similar to La La in a way in terms of like, if we're going to have one up tempo. How do you feel about La La? So I really like La La, but a lot of songs I don't really listen to the words. Like I'll sing. I mean, to be honest, to this day, I probably don't. Re- I think I make up the words. Some both Ashley and Jessica. Some of their <laughs> songs, I have no idea what they're singing, and I'm just going out, <laughs> going for it. Um, like there's a bit in I Want to Love You Forever where I still, even though I sing my heart out to it, I still have no idea what she's saying. Um, <laughs> and same with La La. Like I know it's like quite a risque track really lyrically but i'd just listen to the bop of it instead of the the lyrical content what are your thoughts on it then it's not my favorite from her like i don't i get why it was a single but i think it was a really bad choice after snl because she then had to go sing live like unequivocally had to sing live and it's a really hard song to sing and i think that really must have messed up her voice too because It's just not like that song is supposed to be a fun rock song and not as much focused on vocals. But because of what had just happened, everybody was so focused on her vocals. And I just think that that album has so many strong, strong songs like any. I mean, I could make a case for basically why every song on that album could have been a single, um, maybe except for for giving it all away. But it it just I, I didn't like it as a choice. And it's not my favorite Ashley song, but I I really like the bridge. Um, Like, I really like that I feel safe with you. Mm. I can be myself. Like, that's probably my favorite part of it. Do you think, because wasn't Autobiography going to be a single instead of La La? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be, but that that was the song that she, you know, messed up on the show. So do you think, so if we put that to one side, do you think she should have done, she should have released Autobiography? Honestly, I... I really like that just being the title track of the album yeah, I think and, so too. you know, being something that you, you have to buy the album to hear, especially in that era. But I just, I think like Surrender, Love Makes the World Go Round would have been a great single. I mean, Love Me For Me even would have been a great single. I, I literally, I love that album so much. I think it's such a rare occurrence of someone just right out the gate, like slaying it from top to bottom Lala is one of my least favorites on the album like if I had to rank them it would definitely be lower so of course I'm gonna want one of these other songs that I feel are you know truly truly memorable 
out there. Of course, of course. Where are your thoughts and feelings on the third album? I don't love it. I I feel like I've been... What, do you love it? I love it, yeah. Oh, good. No, that makes me so happy. Like, I love when people say that because even though it's not my personal favorite, I love that she took risks and she just made this album that was completely different from anything out there and what she was doing before and she experimented with new producers. So anytime I hear anyone praising it, I'm just like, I'm like, go Ashley. So so go off. Tell me your thoughts. Oh, absolutely justice for the album. Like Little Miss Obsessive is one of her best songs ever. That I agree with. Yeah. Like that is like big shower favorite of mine. But I love the album as a whole in the era because it was an interesting time for our pop rock girls. Like and pop as a whole, like obviously Britney had done Blackout, but even before that, Hillary did Dignity, where it's kind of like similar to what Ashley did with this album in a way. And I think that's a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. And then even like Pink and Kelly Clarkson, they still stuck, stayed in pop rock, but it did go into a much dancier Max Martin meets pop rock kind of way. So mm-hmm. I think Ashley did it in a much sort of cooler, edgier way. And I don't know if Out of My Head should have been the lead single. I don't know if that was too jarring or... It was too, I guess on one hand they went for it maybe because it was kind of Gwen Stefani-ish, but I don't know if that was right considering, like I would probably say I feel like that about, um, I'd probably say I feel similarly to Out of My Head as you do with La La. Like it's, I think it's a good song, but I don't think it's the best song on the album. But mm-hmm. yeah, you've got like Boys, you've got I Get Away With Murder, um, just fantastic album as a whole and like you know when some artists like on my podcast we always talk about like if they could tour just one album like do a tour or a one-off gig of the whole album complete and then do the hits at the end like that would be the Ashley album I would want her to do Ooh, that would be interesting or even like a light and shade tour because so Jessica when they finish this when Ashley finishes her concert she sees Jessica and she goes I want you to go on tour with me and (laughs) Ashley's like oh that would be such a cool tour um but realistically in this point and I know I'm the man that's saying I'm manifesting a a Simpson Simpson co-headlining world tour I don't know how that would have sounded but a Simpson Simpson co-headlining world tour of the bittersweet world Ashley era and the public affair Jessica era plus greatest hits of both that could be a very interesting sexy night out club dance floor world tour oh my god I wish I wish I was so encouraged when I heard Jessica say that in this episode because obviously I talk about that all the time on this podcast I'm always like now is the time the Y2K era is back everybody is obsessed they could make a fortune and make us all so happy if they would just do a joint tour uh I think and I think that's why you know because on paper I know they're very different but I see it as that's why they should do the world tour together because you know they should have sell out tours of solo acts but just seal the deal cement it that is going to be a sell out you know who would you say they were doing a y2k jessica and ashley co-headlining world big tour but they wanted to get one really good y2k pop act to be like a very special guest to make people buy tickets who would be your choice for that oh god do you mean like my fantasy choice or what i actually think like would happen choice (laughs) Uh, a mixture of the both. So, like, I want a good fantasy, but they aren't going to outsell the girls. Mm, they are it's gonna... very much The Simpsons show, Girl. but a very, very great, respectable, like, oh, my God, I've got to see that support act. 
Um, Dream. Do you remember Dream? Do I remember Dream? Absolutely. I mean, again, another act that unfortunately didn't do that well here. He Loves You Not did chart, but I don't, I only recall them like through the internet. But David very lovely got me uh, He Loves You Not on vinyl. Ooh. Yeah, he saw it in a record store one day and he's like, Joel has to have that. So yes, I've got that. Um, but yeah, fabulous girls. They, that would be a fantastic choice. I would potentially choose them as well. Yeah, I I think their album is really underrated too. Like, I love that whole album. Yeah, the second album is really underrated as well. Ooh, I don't even know their second yeah, album. Yeah, so you've got to check that out. Yeah, but they, they are fabulous. And yeah, it's very interesting stories to tell there on Dream's End. You know who else I love that kind of would go? And I only know, like, I feel like she only had one album. Did you know Stacey Origo? Mm. I knew you were going to say that as soon as you you said it. She didn't only have one album. She had the Christian debut, then the breakout Stacey Rico album, and then the respectfully successful but not as big Beautiful Awakening. So, you know, it's all there. But Stacey... Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's okay. Stacey would be the choice. And didn't... I I can't fact check this properly. I'm hoping you will know. Didn't Stacey support Jessica or Ashley on one of their tours? Like, maybe the reality tour? I feel like I have some vague, like, recollection of what you're saying, but I don't know. Oh, well, we're to be determined. But yeah, Stacey... Ashley, Jessica, gotta have it. I'm, I've been like, I'm. Tr- that's another thing I'm trying to manifest, like Stacy coming on my podcast because I would love, love, love that. I also felt like this is something that my mind made up. I thought I read once that Joe used to manage Stacy for a while, but I don't think there is any fact behind that. I don't think so. That I haven't heard. No, but yeah, we should find out about the tour thing. That would be really interesting to know. And then let's just book them all for 2023. Oh, yes. Well, Dream did tour with Jessica on the TRL tour, so they know each other. They do. And that is, if I could, we always joke about um, if you could do time travel, what would you do? And I would go to that TRL tour. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that would be amazing. Destiny's Child, Eve. Legends only. So did you have, to circle it right back, did you have any other fashion favorite moments of this episode? I actually loved her sound check outfit. Like I thought she looked really cute in that like baby pink tube top dress with the jeans underneath. Like that was such a that was such a trend of the time to wear jeans underneath a dress. Yeah, I thought it was I was I thought hey, she looked fantastic. And yeah, very of the time. But I am glad she didn't because she was wearing that when she was getting ready too, right? That pink dress. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm glad she didn't go out in it because Although it was on trend, I think she then went out in something that was very much selling what this era is and not this halfway in between. Right. I think that the funny thing is, is that I think that Ashley and Jessica are more alike than Ashley would have wanted to admit back in the day. Yeah. And so while she is more of a tomboy and she is edgier and she is messier and and whatever and as far as her look i mean obviously jessica you know was very messy on the show and everything but i mean like she'll you know she'll go out looking a little bit messier than jessica will or whatever i think that she also does have this very girly side and that outfit was very much something that jessica would wear so i think that for the show it was like okay now i'm yeah. i'm into my like super ashley super not jessica persona and i i like it better for like i like that look better for her which she ended up going with yeah absolutely and i do think it's a little bit of 
you know when you're a teenager or even now you know probably i would probably still do it now it's it's like she tried being a tomboy once and liked it enough to be like yeah that's it that's my thing mm-hmm. like and you, you try it you liked it then you commit to it like 11 out of 10 you're like this is it so then how much so in the in the getting changed and stuff in the previous episode where she's like i want to look more boyy it's like she just liked it and tried it and now she's tried like she's decided that's her thing yeah and i mean you can tell that growing up tina had her hands full with i'm sure she was like don't tell ashley that jessica's doing this because then she's gonna do the exact opposite and it's gonna take 10 times longer or whatever you know absolutely absolutely yeah and i thought it was funny too in um ashley's interviews for this episode she has those big big hoop earrings on because she still wears those all the time that's like her signature look now there's i think we've all got those things haven't we like our style and everything you know changes and we have evolution but there's always like that something that we'll always circle back to that's always our thing i mean i don't know what mine is as i'm saying out loud but i'm sure there's something it'll come to you (laughs) (laughs) So we are at the end of the episode and we always rate our episodes here and we do out of five, but we don't do stars. No. We do, you know, like if it was the first episode of Newlyweds, we could do like four out of five cans of chicken of the sea or something like that. So Joel, what is your rating for this episode and why? I've got two ratings. Okay. So I'll give you one I'm giving it a one post laser eye surgery set of goggles out of five (laughs) because that's what it deserves. But I'm giving it six Ryan spiky hairs out of five because it is an electrifying episode, juicy, full of Ashley, full of everything. It really embodies kind of this show like if you were going to be an Ashley Simpson fan or watch this show this is probably a perfect one to tell someone to watch first before they decide everything else or if they want to listen to the album absolutely I'm totally with you I don't really have a lot of criticism on this episode I think it's very quintessential Ashley it's very quintessential their dynamic you even have the doctor visit the acid reflux you know know, (laughs) as I said this I felt like this show taught me all about the music industry it also taught me all about the medical industry (laughs) right you were ready to treat somebody after this (laughs) I mean my my Instagram handle is dr underscore Joel B so maybe this is what inspired it Oh my goodness. Wow, we're really uncovering things about you. <laughs> I didn't even know that. What would your rating be? You know, hmm. I think that I'm going to have to give it a perfect score. I'm going to give um, five out of five Jessica not knowing that Ashley's right in front of her because of the goggles. And, <laughs> <laughs> and because it's just, it's iconic for, for that reason, but it's also just it's a very classic Ashley episode. Like I think if you think of the Ashley Simpson show, this is definitely one of the first things that you would think of. Yeah. Amazing. I'd also give it a 12 out of one eating Taco Bell late before your (laughs) hospital or your doctor's appointment. And I would give it a perfect round pizza hut pizza. However many slices are in that. Oh yes. It is a perfect pizza hut pizza, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. is. Now, I wanted to ask you before we leave. So obviously, Ashley embodies like 2004 pop rock, which I absolutely live for. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, what, 
what are your thoughts and feelings about it getting sort of a resurgence with Olivia Rodrigo? Oh, I love it. I loved that when Olivia's album came out, one of the things I saw the most on Twitter, even from people that never talk about Ashley, uh, haven't you guys heard of Ashley Simpson? This is the same thing that Ashley Simpson did. Or, you know, I would see like people in their late twenties or thirties posting memes about how kids think that this is so unique and new. And we're all like, didn't you watch the Ashley Simpson show? (laughs) And I thought that must've made Ashley feel so good because I mean, how often is, does she really come up like that in the press with it? You know, I mean, like she doesn't really come up like that. So it, it made me very happy for her you know yeah absolutely I was just happy slash still am that I'm like yes pop rocks having a comeback yeah like people still care about it yeah and maybe Ash will get back into the studio what was your what was your thoughts and feelings on the Ashley Simpson show then versus now so like how I was saying it felt really authentic and now I kind of see more what it is but still love it what do you think about it then versus now well I loved Jessica from her first single. So Mm. I had heard about Ashley. I had seen Ashley in some of Jessica's TV appearances and stuff. And I remember- Because even on that Disney special, they they have a bit of a VT together, don't they? Like spa day section. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A star was born. Yeah. And I think sisters, like they were already starting- it, it was already a thing, like Mary Kate and Ashley, Paris and Nikki, Haley and Hillary. Like even though Haley wasn't really Haley's a, Haley's an A-lister. Haley is an A-lister. I just started a new job and someone went to me. Do you remember Hillary Duff's sister Haley Duff? And I said, Remember? <laughs> asking if I remember, you're implying that I forgot. I think about Miss Haley every day. Thank you very much. Justice for Haley Duff. But that also made me think I'm at a good place where they're bringing this up. Like I think I've found my people. I know. I I feel so bad. I mean, I'll get to the answering your question, but I feel so (laughs) bad for Haley because like, you know how I'm sure you've heard the story. Like Haley was the one who was into showbiz. Haley was the one auditioning and Hillary just kind of tagged along and became, you know, Hillary Duff and Haley still hasn't gotten her, her due. You know? Yeah. And the alternate timeline, Hillary is like, the pop rock Ashley to Haley's big pop Jessica. Mm -hmm, Exactly. (laughs) But I love, I love Haley justice for Haley. I mean, I'm still waiting for her debut album to come out. She was meant to have one with Hollywood records and then Paris Hilton (laughs) stole screw from her. And, Oh, but I mean, also love Paris's album, but yeah, justice for Haley queen of cooking and lifetime movies now, which is great. (laughs) Get that paycheck. Right. I mean, I'm sure she's doing great. You know, she probably isn't as bothered by it as we all are. (laughs) No, I do. Yeah. Every now and then I'll just be like, comment on her Instagram, like, leak your, your, your solo material. (laughs) And like, I probably will get a blocked one day, but it's all from a big place of love. Of course. Of course. But so back to Ashley, I remember as soon as I started seeing previews for the show, I was just like into it. Like I totally got it. And when they aired the first episode of the Ashley Simpson show, it was, it was very much that way that MTV uh, for Americans, I feel like it just kind of crafted our personalities. Like as kids, it was just like, Oh, this is what I'm doing now. Like I see this girl, I'm into it. I'm a fan. And this is now happening. And I was obsessed. Like my friend, I always tell the story about how my friend and I, um, my dad took me and my best friend to the beach and we were staying in a, a friend's beach house and 
Um, this was the summer of 2004. And my dad was like, okay, come on, girls. Like, we're going to the beach. And we were like, we can't because we have to watch the rerun <laughs> of the Ashley Simpson show that we had already seen. You know, but we needed to see it again because they repeated them all the time. And we were obsessed with her. I mean, we had to see it. And my dad's like, I, we're on vacation. I took you guys to the beach. Like, we're leaving the house. And we were like, no. So that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what episode it was? Oh, my goodness. I don't remember what episode it was, but it was um, it was it was early on because it was July of 2004. And we were just like it was all we could talk about. Like we just loved her so much. And all the little previews of the songs that we heard on here, I remember being like a ravenous animal to get the the album like I could not wait my mom got it for me like the first day that it came out because wow. I, it was so exciting like I was dying to hear the songs and now as an adult watching it I do realize more of like the manufactured aspect of it and I think the irony is like a lot of people thought Jessica was more manufactured or Britney and I'm like I think a lot of the things that happened with them, yes, was manufactured, but I think there were a lot of like happy accidents, honestly, uh, there as well. And this seems to be more like, okay, we've had the initial run of like all the young female pop stars. Now we're going to come in with this like second wave and with more knowledge of how everything is going to go and control it more and put out a narrative. So that's how I think of it as an adult. But I, I mean, as a kid, I was just like, she's my wife I don't know like she's she's everything to me (laughs) (laughs) did it feel so you know from me I always take it as this album was huge in America like it was a number one hit did it feel like that to you as a kid did it feel like this sort of really big successful thing or did it feel like something just you and your friend were really into no it was huge everybody was obsessed with it everybody in our age group it was a really really big deal because it was like And even Jessica said this in interviews, like it was bigger than anything Jessica had done up until that point. Like Jessica never had a a smash hit like that. Like she didn't have a song that was as big as Pieces of Me, really. And she didn't have an album go to number one like that until the In the Skin reissue. But that was after Newlyweds. Like to just hit with your first album like that. I mean, it was it was really massive. And it's so tragic what happened with SNL because she was such a success. Do you think they were anticipating it to be this big? You know, like how we're seeing this snapshot here now before it all kicks off, before anything's really out there and all the energy is on Jessica. Um, Not in a negative way, just like, you know, in a production, she would have been top of the call sheet. Do you think the Simpson family, even the label, because, you know, Ashley wasn't on the same label as Jess. Do you think they were anticipating this to be so successful? I don't know that they did, but I I think that they at least were like, okay, we see how newlyweds helped Jessica. Imagine if right off the bat we had we had been able to introduce Jessica to the world like this rather than reintroduce her on newlyweds where it's mm. like she was already famous but she wasn't the superstar that she became. It was like this is what actually sells records is this relatable person, yes, she makes mistakes. Yes, she says stupid things. Yes, her house is a mess. But she's also the perfect princess. She's both, you know, and and 
people see into her house and they love her and they relate to her so much. I mean, here I am 20 years later still talking about it. And I think they were like, we're going to do that with Ashley right off the gate. We're going to do the same exact formula and it's going to have the success of the reissue album for Jessica. But do I think that they thought it would be this big? No. Wow. Mad, isn't it? I know. That is fantastic. It's all fantastic. It's kind of in a way they how you know how there are sort of pushy parents like you know joe and tina could be i don't know them so i don't want to speak for them but sometimes it takes you as an aspirational person as a it takes you as an aspiring person in this industry to then push it on your kids which is you know not a great idea uh, everyone should just pursue it themselves but it's like they already got to do it with jessica so instead of like jessica doing it as on her kids they just got to do it with ashley because they're like we've tried it one way and now we've kind of seen what do, what does and doesn't work. So we're trying it again. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder as well, what made Ashley go, I want to sing now. Or I wonder if it was because when you, when you have the luxury of being in the industry and having it kind of on your fingertips. So professionally, she was a dancer, but then she went to acting and they were both very successful things. It gives you that courage to go, I guess I'll be a singer now. <laughs> Yeah, there's no reason why you shouldn't you know it's like how how we were saying after the show that's the time to build confidence like you're only going to achieve better things with building people's confidence not tearing them down so great for her that she had these opportunities we could be in another world where Ashley Simpson Ross could be running a dance school or a she could be a a Hayley Duff lifetime movie queen you know it's so interesting that singing popped off in this huge way that it did and we all lapped it up and still do mm-hmm. yeah completely I, I love in the the opening of ashley and evan when they have ashley kind of introduce evan and evan kind of introduced ashley and he sounds so proud saying like my wife had a number one album and did all these things and i think i hope she's happy now it seems like she's happy just being a mother but For the way that she just popped off on this first album and she did such a good job with the co-songwriting and all of it, I'm just wondering, like, what else is inside her, you know? What what else is she wanting to get out there to the world? Hopefully. We'll find out. Hopefully a (laughs) disco banger with Diana Ross. Oh, my God. Can you – I mean, I just, like, fantasize about, you know – uh, you know, on Christmas or something when all the kids are asleep and, you know, everybody's had some drinks and, you know, we're all, everybody's sitting around like, what albums did they put on? Like they're, um, oh, I just, just, you know, around the piano, yes, Ashley, Jess, Diana doing a three-way version of I'm Coming Out. Like, oh uh, my God. Yeah. Well, Evan, or maybe it was Ashley. One of them said that Diana did give Ashley advice, which was like, you don't have to come out with something. Like, you don't have to stay relevant. Just, like, do it when you're ready. So That's great advice. Like, because, you yeah. know, I think that's, that's really good advice. Because a lot of us, like, in life, you have your, your peaks and troughs, but you're always chasing to top the peaks. But mm-hmm. you can't get bigger than a smash number one album. Like, you've done that. So, yeah, do it for you and your passion and just release stuff that you want to do like we're Ashley stands we're going to be there mm-hmm. whatever it is although I mean I don't know how do you feel about bat for a heart I mean I, I liked it I also liked invisible 
Yeah. You know, I wish that she would release something like that. Like, even if it's just one song or something that yeah. comes out because just to see like where she's at like I, I think especially in nowadays like there's no harm at all in releasing a promo single you can just post it you don't even have to do anything so I would love to see that yeah I would love I would love to know what music she would if it was just Ashley Simpson the heart and soul like what she inside wants to do not anyone that's had already huge success so feel she needs to release it in one way or another um because yeah you know she is both of them jessica and ashley are industry veterans you know mm-hmm. legacy careers she's still clearly very involved you know with being part of the simpson and ross families so yeah just whatever you want to do ash we are here and we're ready for it absolutely absolutely well joel thank you so much for joining me today this was absolutely delightful and wonderful can you let my listeners know where they can find you? Yes, thank you so much for having me on. Like when you messaged, it was just an instant yes. Like just to chat about Jessica and Ashley is an absolute dream come true. And I will talk about them till the till the cows come home. So thank you so much for having <laughs> me on. You can follow me at Dr. Underscore Joel B on all platforms. And you can follow the podcast at Right Back Pod on all social platforms. Yes, and please listen to the podcast guys because it is so great i love hearing a perspective of somebody from the uk and then somebody from australia with pop music because i'm normally hearing the u.s perspective and you guys have so many i mean we don't have time to go through everything but we have (laughs) you guys have so many good episodes you even interviewed tina from s club you interviewed maya like that's amazing that was Having Grammy Award winner Maya on the show was like, I'm still not over it. Real pinch me moment. And she was so wonderful. Such an intelligent guest. Like she is an artist that really like knows who she is and what she's done and gave us such informative answers, was so kind and generous with her time. Like a dream, dream interview. So yeah, absolutely. If you love 2000s pop music or even if you like it, we have a real blast giving it all the credit it deserves and having a lot of fun along the way. So please do check it out. We'll celebrate your faves and we'll give you some new old faves. Yes. Yes. I loved your Mariah Glitter episode. Justice too. for Glitter. Oh, Justice yes. for Glitter. We just did um we just recorded Kelly Clarkson's first two albums. So we <gasps> had to do, I'm a big fan of from Justin to Kelly, the film. Like I have no shame about it. Like, I think <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. And David had never seen it. So he came round, we watched it and then we had to speak about it on the pod, obviously. So it's another justice for, from Justin to Kelly, but again, another pop rock girl, like really having a moment in that era. Yes. I cannot wait to listen to that. Cause I have to be honest to me, Kelly Clarkson never matched her first two albums. Like, those are my favorites. And I don't feel like the latter ones measure up, really. So, like, I'm excited to celebrate those with, yeah. with you. Yeah. For me, like, as a boy that loved, or I loved the pop girls, like, the Fab Four, but then the pop rock girls, like, Ashley, Hillary, Kelly, like, I loved them so, so much. Like, still do, obviously, but... The pop rock thing was, it's such a moment. And Kelly was the rarity of them, of... They all had success-ish here, like, you know, a couple of top 20 singles, but Kelly's popped off. It was huge. Like, her and Pink are the only real pop girls that, like, were, like, huge here in the UK. Like, 
always on the radio in the, as, on Kelly's first on Kelly's Breakaway. A lot of people in the UK thought Breakaway was her first album. I'm like, no, no, no. She had Thankful, but here we are anyway. Breakaway was so successful here. It kind of had I considered it a lot. It was an album that was always in the charts for like a year. It was kind of like the the success Adele has now, mm-hmm. but wow. in the two thousands, and like she toured here with it, went to that tour twice. Like it was such a huge moment, even in the UK. So absolutely loved it. So it was so much fun celebrating that. And it's rare that you know because we're so pop, pop, pop. It was nice to have a pop rock moment. I oh my gosh I promise I'm gonna let you go but I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that Pink was huge in the UK did yeah it's, it's the first uh well no not the first album but the misunderstood album was really big in the UK and then has been consistently big like I think she'll still sell out arenas in the UK when she wants to do a world tour and Australia she is huge so her first album the R&B album that wasn't huge over in the UK no I think so my sister, the one who I was in the shadow of, uh, I think it was kind of biggish with her. Like she was a few years older than me, a little bit cooler into like pop R and B. And I think like they, she and her friends would have known of it, but misunderstood was huge. Mm-hmm. Wow. And again, it's those songs that we feel like we can relate to like family portrait and stuff. That's kind of like an even heavier shadow in a way. Yeah. I love sober. I think that's my favorite. Uh, pink well my favorite I have a very like I guess not controversial but I know everyone loves pink's rock persona and stuff but I her first album to me is her best album and I love R&B yeah pink so that's usually like what I listen to from her but from her later eras sober is my favorite yeah I mean the singles on the first album slap with a capital S L A M P like absolute bangers and yeah like r&b queen and then obviously just to circle it back to jess there's that awards performance from the first album era i think where she's got like the people dressed as britney christina and jessica oh yeah (laughs) and it's like whoa it's i mean i know i know she wasn't i know she wasn't being kind to them but it's nice to see jessica kind of in there with them and that person like it's such like in in a few moments have just got like a Jessica parody down before even anyone was parodying Jess. So I'm like, this is the turn of like how it was like the press would attack them. But as fans, we're just happy to see them being considered. Of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, early pink slaps and David is a big R&B pop fan. So like that's his absolute fave as well. I wish that she would do more of that, but I get it. It wasn't her, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what she wanted to do. So it's all good. But Joel, thank you so much again. This was so much fun and I know everybody is going to love it and become obsessed with your podcast too. <laughs> thank you so, so much for having me on. I mean, I've been a guest on a few, but it's still so, I don't know how you feel, but it's so nervous wracking being on the other side of it because when it's your show you know how it's all gonna be and how it's planned so I was a bit nervous coming on but I've had so 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 much fun so thank you so much for having me on here and happy to talk about Ashley and Jessica absolutely anytime yes thank you so much I would love to have you on back for a newlyweds oh yeah we'll have to and I need an experience I need an excuse to deep dive back into newlyweds so yeah you let me know anytime I will thank you so much Joel and thank you everybody for listening I'll be back very soon with another episode and I hope everybody has a wonderful wonderful day bye bye
Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.